Coming up, an inspirational moment with a dear friend of mine, Michael W. Smith. Welcome to another Real American Heroes Coronavirus Special Edition. I'm Oliver North, and our guest today is Michael W. Smith, a world-renowned vocalist and musician, honored with three Grammy Awards, 45 Dove Awards, and in the Gospel Music Hall of Fame. He's legendary for his humanitarian work and generosity. He's taken to the families of Freedom Alliance, hurt heroes on his spectacular cruises. I actually got to go on one of those because one of our staff members got hurt and we were out of people, and I went out and joined him for that wonderful time. Hopefully we'll have more of those before this, uh, as soon as this coronavirus fiasco is over. Michael, we're living in extraordinary times. Our daily routines have been drastically changed. Tell us how you've adapted to this new order of things. Well, first of all, first of all, it's great to see you, and you were fabulous on the cruise. And yes, we'll do another, we'll do another boat ride at some point and take those guys out with us. Uh, but no, there's just no fear, you know. I, you know, I always kind of think about, you know, when when you're in a crisis mode, and obviously this is probably unprecedented, like no other, at least in my lifetime. Yeah. You want to hang on to things that don't change. The stock market changes. Sometimes you might have a job. Next day you might not have a job. I mean, there's so many things that are sort of out of our control that we can't control. Uh, but God never changes. You know, He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. You know, so we we've got a big anchor at the Smith House, and that's what we hang on to. So there's been no panic mode. It certainly gives us an opportunity to care for those who are fearful. A lot of people, a lot of people are fearful, and they're you know, they're just flipping out. And this is a time for, I think, the church to kind of rise up and, and sort of point them toward the way to where they don't have to live in, in a state of fear every day. Well, you know, the history, and I'm the, I'm the military history guy here, but this isn't military history. The history of what's transpired in almost every other plague or pandemic has been the church, broadly, rising to help those who are unchurched, and gathering then into the flock the survivors. In other words, the, it's members of Christians who stepped up and stepped into the fight. Well, first of all, I think God's in the middle of this, and I'm not going to, and, and believe me, I have his, a lot of questions. There's a lot of things I don't understand. But to me, it's somewhat of a reset, Ollie, I, I believe. I, I think that um, it's forcing us into to, to a situation that probably we needed a long, long, long time ago. And as much as there are great things happening in churches all around the world, and we see that, uh, we see a lot of churches and uh, reaching out to the poor, which is that's what that's what Christ always talked about. Are you taking care of the orphans? Are you taking care of the poor? This gives us a great opportunity to really be in a position to literally change the world like we've never had in our entire lifetime. Well, Michael, you started a program on Saturday evenings called Worship Around the World, and that's that's something different. Tell us about it. Well, nobody's going anywhere, so everybody's on their <laughs> their kind of their TV is their computer, and that's kind of what makes the you know the whole thing with with this whole reset and us being sort of caught off guard. I mean, you you know, we, we earlier we were talking about Franklin and I doing this thing from Central Park. I mean, I believe the gospel probably went out like never before on this past Easter because of the situation we're in. I find that the whole social media thing, it's just a great opportunity for me to encourage and comfort people because I have a lot of people who are really, really fearful. And I'm just, I'm just telling them you don't have to be. And it gives me an opportunity just like you do with your program. Just 
to be able to speak into people's lives, to be able to tell them what the truth is. The truth always sets you free. And what is it, Ollie, about music? I'm not just saying that because I'm a musician, but the power of music, how a three and a half minute song can completely change somebody's life is extraordinary to me. So I'm just kind of singing. I'm just singing over everybody. They're tuning in from Asia and Poland and China. I mean, it's amazing the reach that I have in this time that we're in that I normally probably would not have had had the virus not come. We were driving up the road and listening to the wonderful service that you did with Franklin Graham in New York City at the field hospital built in Central Park by Samaritan's Purse. It was powerful. Who was it that was a motivating force to set that up? Was it you or him or both together? Well, Franklin called me and, you know, he says, I got a wild idea. He says, uh, I want to go to Central Park and, and, and have an Easter service. And I want to ask Robert Murdoch at Fox if he'll let us do that. And I, he said, I want to know if you'll come and do the music. I said, done deal, no brainer. I just, you know, and I, there were a lot of people in my family, honestly, that were concerned about me going to New York, yeah. you know, sort of the hot spot. And, oh gosh, dad, you're going to go up there. Oh my gosh, you, you know, we don't want you to get the virus. And I just felt like, I think God's going to protect us. And we wore masks the whole time other than singing and speaking, but it, I just felt like the wind was at our back. And I think it was, it was something special about being on that spot in front of that hospital, but especially being in New York City and just sharing the Easter message through it word of song. It was powerful. And, and folks can, of course, go back to YouTube and see the whole thing as, as well. So well done, brother. So look at, you've, you've got a number four on the Billboard charts, Waymaker. What, what inspired you on that song? Well, you know what? I'd never heard the song, uh, Ollie. My daughter, two years ago, told me about the song. She was going through a struggle, uh, and she's, you know, she's kind of always trying to find songs that kind of encourage her. And she said, Dad, have you heard the song called Waymaker? And I said, I've never heard it, heard it, you know? And so she played it for me, and I was blown away. But I, but I was more blown away that the song was released in 2016, written by a young lady uh, from Nigeria. Uh, but so very people had heard of it in America. So I thought I have got to record the song. And, and then I ended up doing a radio version. I did it in Italian for Italy, which uh, it was a bit of a challenge, uh, but we pulled it off. There's something about that song that people are hanging on to in the midst of this crisis that we're in. I think that's why the song is exploding because it just says, hey, you know, Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. That's basically the chorus. And I think it's kind of when people feel like they're fearful and they feel like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? They turn that song on and it gives them a spark of hope. And I think that's why it's sort of rising up the charts, honestly. I don't think it has much really to do with me. I think it's the power of the song. Well, you've got a great gift and there's no doubt about that. I, I'm, a, I'm a great fan, as, as you and I know. And even bigger fans are our four kids, their mates, and their kids, all 18 grandkids. So I'm looking at what we're going through right now from the perspective of 50 years from now, when your great-grandkids are studying about this extraordinary time in history. What do you want them to know about what you did to persevere and to make it, make it through all this? What would you want them to know 50 years from now? Well, I would want them to know that we not only survived, but we thrived. And we, we walked into the storm and really didn't have much of a choice. 
but we came out on the other side of it. I just believe that you can get through anything. I don't care how big the storm is, you know. I'm, I always think of that scripture that says, I'm, I won't put anything on you that you can't bear, you know. Mm-hmm. And and believe me, we've all, I've been through my storms. I mean, I'm not even supposed to be on this podcast. I should have died in, you know, 1979 from a near drug overdose. I mean, just bad choices, you know, but, but here I am. And so just, but, but story after story of how, you know, I made it through these storms of life. And I think, I think my kids will probably look back and going, gosh, dad, you know what? We, we survived and thrived and we held on to each other. And it's actually been really great, Ollie, I think for our family. And we were close anyway. I mean, we're just like, we're locked at the hip. Yeah. <laughs> but boy, it's really just, it's deepened our friendship. I and mean, not only with our kids and our grandkids, we've got number 16 on the way. What in the world? We're populating the county we're living in and you're going to catch us just a beautiful beautiful thing and i think i I do think this whole uh, crisis has really brought us even closer together and i didn't even think that was possible but it has well i'll tell you i'm first of all thank you very much for taking time to be with us today as you know i am a chronic optimist and that's because i know as michael knows the end of the story if you found this episode to be informative helpful or encouraging Take the time right now to subscribe and let me know. Until next time, remember, Semper Fidelis is more than a slogan for U.S. Marines. Always faithful is a way of life. Now, America, press on, press on.